You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 222, sponsored by C2E2, Audible. Go to audible.com slash iFanboy for a two-week free trial. In stock trades in the Summit City Comic Con and iFanboy listeners like you. Find a cure, find a cure for my life, find a cure. Find a cure for my life, find a cure. Find a cure for my life, find a cure. Find a cure for my life, for my life. Hello, welcome to iFanboy.com's Pick of the Week podcast, episode 222. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And sitting in with us is Tom Caters. Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> Why is Tom sitting in with us? And not Josh, asking? especially when Josh had the Pick of the Week this week. Yes, this yeah. is Josh's pick, and J- Tom is here instead of Josh because... Possibly this very moment, Josh is becoming a father. Yes, as at the time of recording, he is in the hospital with his wife, uh, who is uh, delivering their baby. So we wish them the best. Well, of we luck. think, we think, we hope. We've never so. had her co- confirm that it's his baby. Hey, I just found out she was pregnant today, so <laughs> I, I don't know what this whole baby thing is about. But <laughs> this would be at least the second time that Josh has had the pick of the week and not been on the show, and the second, definitely the second time that he's had the pick of the week, not been on the show, and been in the hospital. And yes. it's, uh, isn't it the second time that he's claimed to be having a baby, and that's why he missed the show? <laughs> Remember, he did that last time, and then he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we uh, we left it someplace, and we don't know where it went." And, uh, it's not it's a big deal. Like multiple it. dead grandfathers at school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh. so so just so everybody knows, a, a slight you know kind of uh, lineup report. Uh, Josh is probably going to be taking some time off uh, from my fanboy, so he's not going to be on the show as much over the next couple of weeks as he deals with having a new person in his life. Um, so we're lucky that Tom is is is, <laughs> is fairly <laughs> available. <laughs> this, yeah, I don't have. I, I, every, everything else takes a backseat. If I had, I have children, and they're in another room. I won't let them come near me while I'm recording. So, so yeah, yet another, uh, yet another gain for iFanboy by around comics's demise. <laughs> but we, you know, we thank Tom for stepping in on it. If, if, if anyone could see exactly what I look like and how I'm sitting right now, it would. No one would think it would be a gain for you guys. I'm, I'm like a thin, younger Alan Moore, like curled up on a wooden chair, speaking into a microphone. That's good. <laughs> Do you have rings on every finger? Magic rings. Yes, magic <laughs> rings. Yeah. So if you are a first-time listener, I apologize. Uh, we are at fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us, who's usually here, picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it on this podcast, along with the other books from the week, other topics of interest. And stay tuned to the end of the show. We've got another announcement, for another giveaway winner in this month of giveaways for iFanboy members. So stay tuned for that. And before we get to the show, reminder, warning, this is a review show. We'll be talking about the books with spoilers, so if you haven't read your books yet, pause or utilize the show notes to skip books you haven't read. But before we get going, Ron's got an announcement for everyone. Well, I, Another well, announcement. You, well, you, you join, join me in this announcement. If you, are, yeah. if you have been on the internet and been on iFanboy.com or Twitter or whatever, you might have heard that uh, there were some changes at iFanboy that were announced this week. Uh, we were proud to announce that uh, iFanboy has been, in business terms, acquired – uh, by Graphically, which is a company, which is a new company that is a uh, digital comics uh, entertainment platform company, um, and you might uh, remember them from a couple of about, about a month ago or so. Uh, they came to us and offered access to their the beta version of their comics reader to all of you, the iFan base. Um, and you know, we was talking to them; they were pretty cool. They they were into what we were doing, we were into what they were doing, and we were able to figure out a way for us to work together. 
Um, so if you go to ifanboy.com, there's a full detailed post about what this means. And really, it means very little. It just means that we're not going anywhere. And if anything, it means that we're going to be growing and, and hopefully giving you more co- comics content to enjoy over the next uh, – over the many, many years to come. Um, you yeah, it can only mean good things to you. Exactly, exactly. It means more work for us. <laughs> but that's a, but good, but good that, work, right? exactly. Yeah, good. Um, well, it means and, that Josh will be able to feed graphically Flanagan his child. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did get the naming rights. <laughs> so um, so there's a full FAQ on, on, on iFanboy.com. It's a red post at the very top. We'll leave it up there for this week as well for anybody who doesn't frequent the site. Go there, check it out if you're curious about it. But we just want to reiterate that, that you know, Connor and I aren't going anywhere. Um, Josh presumably <laughs> will come back. <laughs> um, he plans to at least after the baby. But um, uh, you know, so we're not going there everywhere. Everyone that's associated with that fanboy isn't going anywhere, and it's just going to be. It's, it means good things. So uh, we hope you uh, are happy with that. I hope you are supportive, and everybody has been. We've been overwhelmed by how positive everyone's been and the great kind words we've gotten, um, except for you, Tom. You were kind of mean on Twitter, but whatever. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people don't Sell get that. Get, mm. <laughs> I love when people don't get that we're friends and we tease each other. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Oh yeah, and Tom vs. the Flash is sponsored by Kennedy Fried Chicken now, <laughs> which is the best fried chicken in the country. That's so. fried chicken. <laughs> the, the other KFC. Yeah, I prefer their biscuits to be honest mm. to, the, to the chicken. <laughs> but so anyway, so yeah, so uh, we're proud to be a part of the Graphically family, and iFanboy is not changing, not going anywhere. Um, so keep listening, keep reading, and we thank. Well, just for it support. might change for the better, just by yes. adding more cool things that we couldn't do before on our own but now that we have a partner who can help us do things that we think are cool exactly, exactly. if you like the show the way it is now it will be the same if you don't like it it will become what you want it to be <laughs> that's a great answer <laughs> <laughs> so alright so that said Josh had the pick oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his pick of the week was Blackest Night The Flash number three of three which means this is the second miniseries starring Barry Allen and it ended before the first <laughs> yes you're right <laughs> Yes, it did. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, this was written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Scott Collins. This is a Black Knight tie-in where the rogues are dealing with their resurrected rogue uh, compatriots or family members or what have you. And Blue Lantern Barry Allen's running around. Who's got? I like this costume. Yeah, I think they should stay Blue Lantern Barry Allen. It would help well, differentiate between the flashes. Well, well, not well, not to be not to be too cliche, but we're lucky that Tom is with us because Tom is a bit of a Flash fan. Oh yeah, um, I, I I quite enjoyed this issue. Yeah, um, I, it's just mostly for the uh, the rogue stuff is always the stuff that mm. I have the most most fun with. And anytime you can get uh, Scott Collins drawing close ups of the rogue's eyes, which you know is common when he does it, but it always looks cool. And it, it was to me uh, just a, a sort of a, a backtrack to those really great. Jeff John's rogue stories from yep. when you wrote the the first you know run of the Flash, and and that, that's what that's what it reminded me of. I mean, anytime you get Johns and Collins working together, it's it's like we saw it in Final Crisis, Rogue's Revenge, and all this. It, it's just something like this team does it for some reason. And Josh uh, Josh mentioned in his review that that the art by Scott Collins or Collins, um, it seems to be better when he draws the Flash. Like yeah. He's drawn he's drawn other books and it's been good. I've definitely enjoyed it, but something about him drawing the Flash. And the way his lines are so kinetic, and there's and it's it's a very it's le- it's less messy than it was when he originally drew the Flash. When he first drew the Flash, it was very messy, but it still worked because 
if you get the sense that everything's always in motion when he draws it. He, he almost has a different style that he uses only for when he draws the Flash. Because I've, I've picked up other books that he's done, and I've been like, oh, this, I don't like this, you know. And it's almost like he slightly adapts his style for the Flash. Um, although I thought I thought this one because I believe he inked himself as well, um, which sounds vaguely dirty. Um, <laughs> but um, I thought the I thought at some point some pages were a little muddier than others. Like some pages were really super clean, but then others were, were like really heavy and kind of dense. And so I thought it was a little inconsistent in that regard. Um, I don't think every I, artist should be able to ink themselves. Yeah, that's, I think all. as it got towards sort of the very dark ending of yeah. this issue, that it became much. It became much muddier. Yeah, like the, and, I'm looking at that full page where where Black Lantern, Boomer, Captain Boomerang kills Digger or whatever, the, the, his son. About time. Yeah, about time. Totally. Get rid of that scarf. I, I was annoyed <laughs> by that character. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I liked. It was one of those characters that when they first introduced him, I was like, oh, they could do something cool with him, and then he just kind of bounced around to different things until they got to the point where they're like, ah, let's just kill him. Yeah, well, they, they, gave him, they gave him speed, didn't Didn't he get uh, some yeah. of the speed force? It was like, really? Like, yeah. So. That's, that's so a sign of they don't know what to do with this character when yeah. they just give him, keep giving him different powers and abilities until they figure it out. Yeah. Um, I really liked the second half of this book. The first half, I was kind of... Granted, I read it after the pick, so I was going into it with the mindset that it was the pick of the week, so I was a little less impressed with the first half. But the second half, when you got to the really dark parts with Captain Cold and and you find out what it is that what what's been going on and he shoves yeah. the, he shoves him into the hole with his father that was really awesome well i mean the thing the, what was great was how the i thought what did it for me was how the book ended with the duality between Barry and Captain Cold yes and i thought that was really done elegant and really good and if that's a tease for what's to come in the new flash series then bring, i think it's got to be yeah. I mean, you know jeff johns loves the rogues yep and they've set up Captain Cold as the you know the, the primary badass rogue. And I love their I love their code. Back. They don't kill yeah. women or kill children. That's awesome. Right. And it was I, very I, chilling when you found out what it had been going on. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, it, and it's I, I like it because the parallels between them are interesting. In the fact you know Barry's got his Flash family, and in a way the rogues are extremely dysfunctional family, but they need each other to sort of function. If yeah. they're not all together they all kind of start falling apart because in a weird way they balance each other out. You know, without Captain Cold, Heatwave is just out, sort of out of control. He's just a pyro who doesn't have any yeah. direction. So might as well give him a criminal direction. I mean, it's not the best moral choice, but it's a direction that gets him someplace. Isn't Mirror Master a cokehead? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is kind of funny because the mirror is like coke off the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, no. th- and that's one reason why to keep the blue costume because then he's really do it. You know, then it's really the mirror image of mirror ma- of yeah. Captain Cold. Yeah. And I- action figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be those action figures. Oh uh, yeah. No, at April for Flash number one. <laughs> um, so. I I thought yeah I thought the, I thought the the rogue stuff was the strongest. I thought the Bart stuff was was all right. I mean you know like the the Flash guys fighting the Black Lanterns was all right. Um, there's a certain clumsiness to it because of the fact that rebirth isn't done yet. Yeah, you know he has to keep referencing that uh, this dead body of uh, reverse. That's when it got really kind of kludgy, where you didn't, you really kind of got like, wait, what? Hurt my head. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Every time, little... every time I see the word Eobard, my head hurt or whatever it is. And it's be- it's because it's sort of running congruently with something else. You can you can always tell when a book has to do that to like it's got to explain it away. But if this if rebirth had been done, I don't think it would have been, you know, that confusing to have read because you're reading two stories with reverse flash in it and you're like, "Wait a second, what? Yeah. Why is he doing this in this one?" So. Yeah. What what do, you, little, 
What is, uh, Tom, what did you make of the uh, the 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 in, uh, uh, inverse black and white Eward thawn thawn of Earth, and then the it looks like isn't that the brightest day symbol over him? Did you see that page? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you, Ron. I have it's no probably, idea. I mean, if you're gonna, we don't know, and we're gonna maybe we assume that that's a sign he's going to be resurrected. Yeah, maybe. I don't. That's. I mean, I've always thought that the black is leading towards you know, a mass resurrecting. Right. It's, time travelers are never dead. Yeah, you can yeah. always pull somebody from any time in the, in the time. Period. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a big blackest night week. Oh yeah, uh, including Green Lantern Fifty One, who I thought was was the star of that book was Doug Monkey. Oh, it was awesome. His yeah. art was he fantastic. Drew the hell out of that book, including a very, very creepy uh, parallax. Yes, it reminded me kind of of almost how I felt when I would read like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths when I was a kid, just because it was extremely fast paced for a modern comic book. When you think of everything that happened in the last two issues, um, you know uh, Hal Jordan becoming Parallax, you could imagine them stretching that story out into its own arc yeah. but they kind of did it they got what they wanted out of that part of the story and then they moved on and actually moved really quickly well, which yeah. i enjoyed well that was that was the whole thing because i thought this whole specter parallax thing like it's coming really late in the game you know and and i almost thought it was like, like it's it's it, we see the finish line coming and i was like oh we're gonna take this kind of detour and i don't really understand why we have well, to. well I, I think we, we i think we did this to show they're basically throwing all the big guns at Necron. Yeah, and we see that none these you know the Spectre is the is the the wrath of God. Right. Yeah. And he 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 has no effect on Necron. So I think what it serves is we get to the end of Blackest Night going shit. How are they going to win? Yeah. Because every big you know all these big guys can't do anything to him. So I think it's it's just to serve to set up the the the, fu- the finale, which is they're going to have to do something really really intense to beat Necron, and we don't know what it is when yeah. a guy like the Spectre literally passes through him with, with no effect. Yeah. Um, on, on the story-wise, when Parallax gets sucked away by an unknown force and then the call back to Hector Hammond, yes. that, that was like, ooh. <laughs> he's setting up for, well, the, he's, setting he's, up for the next one. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's constantly moving the pieces around, and yep. he's not, you know, now he's, he's, already, he's already moving to the next story, even while the story's not done yet, which yeah. is good. Uh, Monkey inked himself as well, by the way, just to note. Oh, I didn't say all inkers can't. All I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm yeah, just saying. <laughs> it definitely looked much better than when they had the seven or eight inkers on in that one issue. But the DC throw more inkers at it to get the book done <laughs> style of, of comics. One a page. Hey, listen, <laughs> do you want it out on time or do you want it with one inker? <laughs> um, I just think it's funny how the 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 repetition event that seems to happen in Blackest Night is that somebody joins the fray. And they become a red lantern, and then they become another lantern. Like, like how many times have the <laughs> a lot of angry people at DCU? We find <laughs> exactly. <it>. They just <laughs> come right near a red lantern ring. Suddenly, they're ang- they're angry too. Yeah. I've read uh, there's a lot of implications in the other book too, which the yeah. Green Lantern Core book, which we're not yeah. talking about. But you know, they said you you can't really fully purge yourself of the red lantern effect. I was like, oh, that's gonna that sucks. <laughs> that's, I that's, never thought Mario was that angry. I'll be no. honest. I mean, yeah, yeah, she had her kid killed and. You know, she was married to Aquaman, who could be a douche sometimes, but I wouldn't have thought she's really angry. Lots of rage. Well, do do you know? Okay, not, not I know it's not this. It was, it was earlier. It was last week or two weeks ago. But yeah. Blackest Night, Wonder Woman. What the hell happened in that two page spread? It's been bugging the shit out of me. When when Wonder Woman puts the lasso around her, when Mera, and then you see all these scenes. I think she's remembering like all the terrible things that have happened because you see her kid, the Black Mantis, killing her child. Yeah, and, and Aquaman sleeping. 
Yeah, but then what, she says, loud. oh, you never told her. And yeah. then she said, and then she says, no, I never did. But yeah. no one knows what that refers to. Right. No one's it drove me crazy. I think Black Manta's the father of the kid who died. Listen, Aquaman had a, uh, a Blu-ray player that broke. <laughs> <laughs> and it was because uh, Mara uh, spilled a coffee on it, but she never told him. And he's he, in the back of his head. He's always thought it was her. He just never. Just he insane. sat down to watch Deadliest Catch. <laughs> when he no, had cleared his schedule. What nobody knows is that Aquaman is a rabid DVD collector. <laughs> <laughs> Every Tuesday, he's at Best Buy to get the, the latest movie. Get the collector's editions. Finding Nemo. He was he was getting ready to watch it. Yeah. Uh, HD it. DVD was better. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. So I mean, Black is not. I mean, it, it's I, this is goes down as one of the events that is not it hasn't been a bad moment. Although I forgot to get Green Lantern Corps, I just realized so it was good. I, uh, I think it was a little better than Green Lantern, but um, you know, the next issue is out next week, and we end it the, the month after, and hopefully we can move on. It's yeah, been it's, fun, but it's also it's time nice, to move on. It's nice that the pace. It, you know, a lot of times with event comics, like the first one, the first issue is the best one. Yep. You know, and it's kind of nice to have one where it feels like the momentum's actually heading faster and faster towards something. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like the cool reveal at the end of the first issue and then like, oh, what do we do now? Right. So uh, I've enjoyed that portion of it. And, and That's when you can tell the writer only had the pitch. <laughs> no, really. Usually, yeah. you know, they, they, I mean, you have the cool hook, but then there's no, they never had the resolution in mind. Right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of moving on, um, the uh, Uncanny X-Men 521 uh, lurching forward with the Nation X storyline. Um, <laughs> lurching. Uh, is that good? I, yeah, No, actually, in a, in a good way, in an interesting way. This was probably the first time I've ever read the character Phantom X, and I haven't hated him. Which um, I hated him in Grant Morrison's run. I just hated him. Um, but well, I think you just had a lot of issues with the Morrison run. Yeah, he probably yeah. just unfairly got wrapped up in. Yeah, it was you, Ron? Painted him with, the, with the brush of Morrison. Yeah, and I'm going to say something about this issue that's going to get me a ton of shit this week. But uh, the Greg Land art wasn't awful. Um, it wasn't the typical. I didn't have the typical violent, you know, throw up in my mouth reaction where it just it's, it, it it was uh, way more um, uh, way more safe. Like the layouts were very safe. I thought um, to take a bunch of risks, but uh, the big thing is that uh, so in the story, Magneto has has climbed some mountain in San Francisco, which I'm not sure if it exists or not. I have to look <laughs> that up, but um, he's climbed a, a Mount you know, Tamalpas. I don't know where exactly it is, and he's sitting there meditating, and his nose is bleeding, and nobody knows what he's doing. And the big reveal at the end is uh, this: we cut to the space bullet, and Kitty's in there, and she thinks that she just says that she swears she felt the d- the direction just changed. Oh. Is she disheveled? Is there like a pee bottle? Like- no, yeah, I, she like she's like Howard Hughes at long fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, she's, she's got to be right. Like, yeah, it's been like, it's been months. It's been at least months. Out of control leg hair, right? Oh God, <laughs> that that costume's got to be gamey at this point. What has she been eating? She's basically all we see is just she's kind of sitting like she's got her arms wrapped around her arms and her hair looks messy. We don't really know, but. Um, I don't know. So it looks like Magneto is going to be the one who's pulling the bullet back to Earth, which is going to solve, which is going to ask the question: Is the bullet going to go through Earth again? <laughs> How are they going to get around? But, <laughs> and um, it just all starts over again. It passes <laughs> through. He's like, I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed to repeat this every time. Never. But yeah, so I guess next issue is the return of Kitty Pride, and and we'll see if our, our fear that Kitty Pride drawn by Greg Land will exist or not. I'm hoping not because the the next issue teases by Dodson. So. Um, 
We'll see. But I, I'm in, I'm still enjoying X Men. I love it. It's good. It's it's I, it, this this issue had a lot of stuff going on with different characters, and it felt like an X Men book should be. So uh, I dug it. How and how often does that happen? Uh, like it's like every it's like one issue every four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. What oh, did you guys wow. think of Joe the Barbarian number two? I I I kind of wish I just would have waited to get the trade. I enjoy yeah. it, but. <laughs> It, it's sort of weird in that like the beats at the end of the story aren't like end of a single issue type beats right yeah so but i mean the arts it's gorgeous the, art, it's, the art is ridiculous and it's kind of interesting to see you know going against type of what people think morrison sort of does he's definitely sort of taking a step back and letting the art sort of dominate the story right instead of making it a very you know some sort of meta text about the transformers you own yeah it's, it's a very it's a very Which i would read that too if you want. <laughs> it's a very i mean it's a very sparse there's sparse dialogue i mean it's it's not yeah it's not typical morrison i mean like if you look at the page the word balloons are like not even not even an eighth of the page i mean it's it's mainly all art um that two-page spread of of the city or whatever it is that he came upon you know yep. it just looked oh, just totally beautiful so i guess i mean the story the kid's diabetic and this is a i'm not diabetic so i don't know what it's like but this is some sort of diabetic reaction he's having some sort of problem and this and he keeps slipping in between the two worlds like he's hallucinating yeah, he's yeah. hallucinating his toys yeah so um i have to say from the art standpoint uh here in brooklyn the comic shop broken street comics had a party for sean murphy and, and they, sh- they had a lot of his art on display from the first issue and it was gorgeous and mm-hmm. you know and uncolored and you know in person uh, just beautiful stuff. I, I bought a page from that first issue. I haven't gotten it yet, though. But I, I, I it's because I took it. You bastard! <laughs> I told him I'd take it for. I'd hold it for you. Yeah, no. But let um, me give this to Ron. <laughs> It'll be- um, yeah, no. I'm excited. I'm excited because apparently they sold like they sold like ridiculously fast. Like within they were beautiful, and he yeah. draws a little bit smaller than than normal comic size, so yeah. it was not overwhelming on your wall or something. But yeah. uh, nice. It, it's this is an interesting. But like, but like you, Tom. At the end of this, I thought. It's probably be really good all together. Yeah, because yeah. it just doesn't have like the cliffhanger thing that yeah. you get from a normal single issue. It's like, oh, okay, this is the end of the 22 pages <laughs> yeah. of the story. Um, well, it's going to be, I mean, it's an eight-issue mini, so it's, you know it's going yeah. oh, yeah. to be a great collection. It's going to be a great Oh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. But um, since it's Vertigo, the trade will be out soon as opposed to 2013. <laughs> um, now, Tom, I read Justice League of America 42 and I had yes. some revelations, but I want to know what you think of what's been going on with Justice League. I, I got the last couple issues. Um, I'd been sort of like, eh, waiting for it to pick up a little bit. And I got to say, I actually I, I, I enjoyed issue number 42 more than I've enjoyed a Justice League issue that I've read Yes, quite a while. It was Fun I think it was the best they, one in years. I thought. I I totally agree. I, I actually I before we did the show, I was like, oh, we're talking about Justice League. I hope I'm not the only one who liked it. No, <laughs> it was just no, cool I, I like the best one in a long time. Stuff. Yeah. I think Rob. I was actually thinking my my two revelations were one 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 good one bad. One was I think Robinson's perfect for this book. Yeah. Because it's very he's you know from reading his essays in the back of Justice League Cry for Justice and from just talking to him, he's a DC nut. And he knows all these characters, and he's getting there's a lot. In this issue, there's a lot of flashbacks to old characters and things. And I think he's perfect for that in that sense, that little sort of legacy aspect. My negative realization was I don't think Bagley's the right artist for this book. That would be I'm, my I'm a big, only I'm a big thing. Bagley fan. I like Bagley, but I don't think he's right for this particular book. It's it's almost too youthy. Some of the yeah. characters look a little too youngish. Um, 
especially like the the Teen Titans characters who become you know members of the league. And maybe that's just my own personal like bias of how I think about them. But a couple times I was like, Donna Troy just looks too young, yeah, like a, a little bit too much. But I, it didn't really affect the my overall enjoyment of the story because I, I just I, I enjoyed seeing them have interactions with each other and do something and there's a mystery like what's going on instead of um everyone (laughs) walking around like talking about what just happened (laughs) and whining about it and yeah yeah yeah, and there's not and it actually it had a little less of i i of the pathos that cry for justice has cry for justice almost has a little too much of that a little too serious and this kind of struck the right balance and the uh hal jordan dick Grayson interactions were fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that that tension. Not even bad tension, but just the idea that you've got Dick Grayson on the team now in the Batman role, and he's ordering people around. And Hal Jordan's like, "Whoa, this is weird." Yeah, I, I thought that. <laughs> I thought he's, the, the, he's the kid in short pants, and I'm taking orders from him. Yeah, I, I like thought, that. I thought I, the I opening know. the opening narration of you know of, uh, I love you know I'm I'm a dork. I love the little na- the the uh, narration boxes with the logos. You know, like it's yeah. it's you know it's it's easy to make them color coded, but the logo just helps and works, and I just love seeing that. And I thought that opening scene, that opening fight, where you've got you know where you've got Donna, Hal, Batman, and uh, Starfire all thinking to themselves, and and you know I love you know when you see in you know that uh, that whole thought it, it, these should be thought bubbles basically. I mean, if, yeah, yeah. if this is nineteen eighty five, people yeah, said there's no more thought bubbles. They are they just yeah. in captions now. Exactly, it's it just done different stylistically differently. Um, my one question though is what do you so the so these uh, on the cover and in the main thrust of the book, these are the new new gods. I assume, like, I'm not the DC guy. Like, are these, I don't know either. Is this the no. new Barda, the new Miracle Man, the new Orion? They're or? like weird to me. They are weird um, sort of mutations of you know, like Doctor Impossible's Mister Miracle. He's like right. a evil mirror version of him. Uh, and I kind of think all of those characters are like that. I don't know if they're replacing the new gods. If oh, they're from so it, some... could, it could be kind of like that. Um, what is the the team with the owl and the Ultraman and the, oh, like Crime yeah. Syndicate? Yeah, like Crime Syndicate. Syndicate yep. But uh, the new gods, because they all are obviously sort of twisted versions of. Well, because uh, I, I knew gods. I knew the new gods do- were killed off, right? So like I thought, okay, yeah. are they just rep- are they? And new, it, you know? it's it's possibly related to the fact that the beginning scene we see current day Green Arrow. And then at the end we see old school Green Arrow. And is that is that a, did he just change costume, or is this a different Green Arrow from a different? Interesting. Plane so yes, yeah, so you got Mike Grell hooded Green Arrow, or is that is that the current one in the beginning? He's yeah, no, that's hood. how he's just now. He, that's yeah. how he's and yeah. he's angry and he's pissed off and that's and then at the end we've got some happy go lucky Robin Hood Green Arrow. So is that yeah. just did he have a good day during the issue? And <laughs> the shade is a fantastic tailor. Yeah. Or uh, is this? Do a you want a new costume, Holly? So we'll see. <laughs> but I really liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I mean, like we've talked about Justice League, and we've we've you know we've complained about it for Jesus Connor for like what a year over a year, two years now, and um and much since Meltzer took over for me. Yeah, and we've and we felt bad for Robinson for having to pick it up in the middle, like it pick he had to pick up the pieces from the shit that was left behind it, and I you know like I really hope they give him an opportunity to, to restart it clean after Blackest Night. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we see the beginnings of his team coming together. You see Monel there, and and uh, and Dick, and and Donna, and stuff like that. So we know what his team is going to be. It's just a matter of like, let, let's get there. You know, yeah. so. let's do it. Let's do it. So speaking of doing it and doing it well, <laughs> like Chicago. I don't live in Chicago anymore, but they know how to do it, and they also know how to have comic book conventions in Chicago. 
And now there's going to be one downtown for the first time in over two decades, a national comics and entertainment convention. It's coming to downtown Chicago. Make your plans now to attend C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, this April 16th through 18th, right after tax season. But I'm not doing taxes this year, so I won't be stressed out. Join thousands of comic book fans, creators, and celebrities for a weekend of fun and excitement in the city of Broad Shoulders. Special guests for this year's show include Alex Ross, Jeff Smith, Jeff Johns, Mike Mignola, which is hard to say on Vicodin, Ethan Van Skyver, and hundreds more of your favorite and least favorite creators. Tickets are only $25 for one day pass and $50 for the entire weekend. For a full list of guest events and to purchase tickets, tickets visit C2E2. <laughs> but wait, there's more. C2E2 and fam, iFanboy are giving you a chance to win tickets and exclusive C2E2 merchandise before the big weekend. We'll be giving away one amazing VIP package, three weekend passes, five exclusive C2E2 posters signed by creator and guest of honor Alex Ross, and 15 limited edition C2E2 t-shirts, and the grand prize is lunch with an editor from Marvel. So get all your continuity questions ready. Entering the <laughs> contest. Index cards. <laughs> Bring your index cards. Uh, excuse me, uh, what exactly are the X-Men's uniforms made out of? Uh, entering the contest is easy. Just visit www.c2e2.com backslash iFanboy and enter your name and email. That's all it takes. We'll be drawing winners from all the entries on March 19th. Stay tuned for more exciting news about our official C2E2 after-party plans. More ways to win tickets and exclusive merchandise by following C2E2 on Twitter at C2E2. I also want to mention, you can see Chris Neesman probably get blind drunk. (laughs) Just go around Chicago. Everybody knows him. (laughs) Follow the EMTs. <laughs> it's the byproduct of the party. He does. He's got a. Problem. I've seen it. I saw it in San Francisco. Yeah, we saw it in New York when he threw up in the street. Oh, that's, oh yeah. We did. Oh, God, in the I, gutter. Yeah, he claims it was the garbage. We were right there. No, he, it was he, the gutter. It was nowhere near the garbage. It was bad. It was... I remember a garbage can. That <laughs> news. Oh man! All right. So, um, well, thank you, Tom. You you do the C two E two read much better than we do. So I I do my best to bring enthusiasm. Yeah. So, um, Amazing Spider Man number six twenty one. Whenever you get a Spider Man issue of Black Cat, it's going to be good. Whenever you get a Spider Man issue drawn by Michael Lark with Black Cat, it's going to be awesome. I really liked it when I first read that he was drawing, and I kind of went, "What?" Yeah. Uh, just because I don't associate it with with Spider Man kind of action, but it was great. He drew Daredevil, so what's the difference? Yeah, um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought I, I loved I loved it. I thought the art was really good. I thought the story was great. Um, I, this whole Mister Negative thing, what what they're building, this bigger arc that they're building with Spider Man is um, it, it's just been great. It has not it has not ever since I've, I draw a line. I keep going back to it, but ever since that shitty Guggenheim arc back in December, um, since then it's been gold. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a full year. These two months worth of gold. Yeah, Ron um, Richards is drawing a line. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Guggenheim. I love Angry uh, Aunt May. By the way. Yeah, but it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's oh, so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> in the last issue, I felt bad. I like put the issue down. I was like, oh, why? Why would she say that to Peter? <laughs> you know how many times he's had to like leave uh, dates to help you? You're just gonna turn on him. Ugh. She just drove Harry to Mary Jane too. That's going to cause problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Harry and Mary Jane. I thought that was the real interesting part of it. I thought that was. I was like, ooh, yeah. What so. if this is a real status change quo for Aunt May, and she will just now be a raging bitch? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable, though, but but in a good way. Yeah. I really liked Incorruptible number three as well, although I think the biggest hamper to this book, I don't even think that's pop, pop, a proper English word, but I'm drinking, <laughs> is, is that um, the art is, I mean, you can tell he's a new artist and he's still feeling his way around drawing a page and things. Um, so you, so that in that sense, it kind of hurts the book, but I thought the, the story is getting stronger with every issue for Incorruptible. Yeah, it, it sort of reminded me a, a little bit of when I first read Irredeemable, that first issue, I was like, ah, oh. I was like, yeah, I've kind of seen like bad Superman a thousand times, but it's gotten better because you can see Mark Wade sort of has a bigger idea of how to make this universe. So now that he's got time to build it, it's sort of gone beyond the normal bad Superman type story where you're seeing kind of how it, it affects everyone. Got creepy and sadistic and uncomfortable yeah. in times. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Just um, like life. Yeah, I, and I, but I love. I mean, but so you know, so in in you know with the you know, bad Superman thing, but I love the idea of the good villain, like the, the what he's done with this, with this type of villain, this you know invincible, take whatever he wants, and he's like, you know, now I'm gonna I'm gonna protect the city instead of terrorize it, and I think that I I've liked it from the get go, and I thought this issue was the strongest so far. I thought the art really kind of clicked into place for me this time. Um, it was it little- had the it had the best oh my god moment of the week which was the final scene when when we we, we finally get to see some of what drove um, what's his name Max Max, Max yeah be good was he's he's completed a, a heist and comes outside and just sees plutonium just wipe out a street full of people with his heat vision yeah I was just like oh fuck like yeah. that's one of those things you don't see all that often and just it was just brutal yeah. Um, really good. It was really good. Yeah. I like it. I think I feel like this is like not a lot of people are talking about it that much, and they should be paying attention to it because as, as Irredeemable has gotten a lot of attention, but Incorruptible right now is is like a, a sleeper. It's a sleeper pick. There you go. If you like Irredeemable, you'll like Incorruptible. I mean, it's the same tone. Yeah. So yeah. just buy it. Jesus. You trying Jeez. to get a full quote? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait. Give me a second. No. Text <laughs> me at the end. My G, my pick of the week was GI Joe Corpa two number two. Which was, I think this is, it's only been two issues, but so far, they're really, they've really done a good job of building on the first one and not dropping the ball. You always worry about the, the unplanned sequel, and so far, and so far, so good. And this is almost better than the first one, because they're going in a new direction. It's not Chuckles undercover right now, now it's a whole bunch of other things going on, and a lot of really good action and brutality in this one, and, uh, and not that brutality is good, but in a shocking, you know, expecting brutality mm-hmm. way, just, uh. I really like this issue. The, Antonio Fuso is becoming really, really good. This he's he's even better than the first the first time you saw him in the last miniseries. Brutal. I read it in trade, so I don't know. You enjoyed the first trade, though, right? I love the first. I'm gonna get the second yeah. trade totally. I just yeah. Oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm I've got the first uh, the first trade, but I, I haven't read it yet. I feel bad. You've been you've been busy. <laughs> I I can't lie. I have not been busy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, got a lot of journals. <laughs> Those neighbor kids aren't going to yell at themselves. <laughs> so, um, Spider Woman number six. Uh, Who's going to do all the muttering? <laughs> yeah. Shaking their fist. Um, uh. Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev on Spider Woman. And it's been a while since we talked about it. And I was thinking about this on the bus as I was coming home. Um, here's my thing uh, this book isn't doing it. Well, that's why I dropped it two issues ago. Yeah. I just I was completely bored and, by it, which and, sucks because I love Bendis and I love Maliev. And but here now, here's the thing: is that I'm going to criticize the art a little. I love Maliev, and do not get me wrong, the art is beautiful. I love it. Every page I get draw, like totally drawn into. But something is, is different 
from when he was on Daredevil that now it just all seems really and I don't know maybe it was the motion comic maybe it was working on the motion comic at the same time but it feels very static every every frame and every page is, is stiff and still and there's little to no fluidity even when there's action going on it's 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 very it's just it's like it's almost like snapshots from a fight scene you know, as opposed to feeling like you're going with the flow of the fight, it feels very stiff and and heavy. Um, My problem is, I felt that way kind of about the story. Yeah, you know, like I, I remember we talked about the first issue, and I, I remember saying that I don't want to go back to this girls, yeah. and now we're back with the girls, and that's one. Well, and now, and now in this story, just kind of like, I don't really care about what's happening. Now the scrolls are gone, and this whole issue was the Thunderbolts trying to capture her to bring her to Osborne, which doesn't fit in with what's going on in Siege and all. Don't get me started, you know, but. Um, <laughs> It's it just it, it's it, this this project didn't work. I'm sorry. It just it's not working. Um, so I think they should. And there's even on the front page note. This takes place before Thunderbolts 134. It's like oh, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll so the question is, are you going to continue to buy it? Well, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Is this an ongoing? I don't no, know. No, it's a mini. I think it's right. A mini. Yeah. Uh, How many know. issues? Uh, Thirty-seven. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have absolutely it's no a mini idea. maxi. Yeah, eight it's maybe. All... Eight maybe. I don't know. So, um, but it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. There's some, and they're, they're, like there were a lot of two. Maybe pages. it is an ongoing. I don't think it might be an ongoing. I don't think it can't be an ongoing. Believe at this this pace. I mean, it's like really uh, two months between issues. But listen, um, we're all limited. We're all a limited series. Yeah, at the end sure. of the day, it's a good. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> Um, all right, now I'm but, depressed. But there, 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 there were like, the, the, like what was interesting was I was counting the number of like two page spreads and like full page splash pages, and there are a lot. Like there was a lot of them. So um, that's all. just I, I'm, I've I've called up Spider Woman on the iFanboy here, and yeah. uh, just by looking at the six covers, I can tell you this book is about Spider Woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she's kneeling. Sometimes she's jumping. <laughs> Sometimes she's flying through the air. Well, on the on the title page, right? At, you know, in including the note that this takes place before Thunderbolts one thirty four. In addition to the writer, the artist, and letter, uh, the model for Spider Woman got got uh, credited. Jo- yeah, she's been credited the whole time. Yeah, I remember. Jolyn Carpenter. Yeah, I just noticed that for the first time. So, well, that's well, unfortunate. Tom, Let's get her on the show. Did <laughs> yeah, you <we> read? <laughs> did you read Battlefield's Happy Valley number three? I did, and <laughs> I don't know if it was the medication, but I got weepy. Like I always do with this series. It's like Ennis knows exactly how to uh, kick me directly in the balls of my heart to make me (laughs) like just when you think, you know, you always know something bad is going to happen, but you're not quite sure what it is. And every Uh, time you think maybe this time it won't be the one that the bad thing happens. And then it's like, oh, God, that's a real punch in the gut to to have it happen i mean the the one bad thing i could say about this story was it was a little hard at times to tell who was who it that was my only problem which kept it from being a five-star book was the final flight they this is about a flight crew in in world war ii and there's australian flight crew and they have to do one more bombing run which you know is going to be a problem because that's the that's the murtaugh rule where if you're about to retire you're gonna get shot (laughs) um and when they actually get shot up their plane it was a little hard to tell who was shot what was going on? Like I had a whole big problem figuring out what who was actually hurt when they got hit. I, and I, I think it might. I, on the other hand, though, I think maybe it, it could have been on purpose almost because the <laughs> character himself is talking about you know if you die up there, you just die. You're just some you know faceless person in a mask who like suffocates. But again, right. that's probably not the best visual. Uh, sort of <laughs> storytelling element either, but I, I got to the end and I was like, "God damn it, he did it to me again!" And I rolled back over on the bed 
and I just sort of closed my eyes and <laughs> fought back, fought it back, <laughs> fought back the tears. I'm not, not going to do it. Breathe. <laughs> it's just a fictional character, Tom. I'm not going to let it's it get to me. <laughs> It, it, he does it to me yeah. with these war stories. Ugh. The next one is a return to the Tankies characters, which I don't know how I feel about that. Oh yeah, going back to the well. Ooh, he'll, he'll so still we'll make see. try yeah, somehow. Still be good. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So those are the books that came out this week that we deemed uh, were interesting enough to talk about. But all of you uh, bought comics and go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and do your pull list. And there you can rate and review your books. And there are some other books that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy. And our first one, uh, first user review comes from uh, Roy Vampire who reviewed Dark Avengers number 14, gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. Wow. And, he liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he really liked it. Um, and at the time of this recording, 0.1% of you made it your pick of the week. Um, and here is uh, Roy Vampire's entire I review. I thought it was Roy. Yep, <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> um, Brian Michael Bendis can write the hell out of Norman Osborn. It's just that simple. This, this issue really brought the Sentry story to a head and did so in a great way. It also goes to great lengths to explain why the Sentry in Siege is a lot quieter and a lot more sadistic than he has been in the past. The art is nothing to sneeze at either. The layouts continue to amaze me, and after this run, I'll gladly follow Diodato to any project he moves to. This little plastic castle Norman has built for himself is finally toppling all around him, and it's fucking beautiful. Ooh. Yeah, ooh, hey, ooh. Uh, well, well Diodato's doing, doing Secret Avengers, so that's what you're, that's where you're following him to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I felt like this was unnecessary. Yep. I felt like we didn't need the explanation, the further explanation of why the Sentry is now quiet and, and angry and evil. We got that in the last issue. He's sick of himself. <laughs> Finally. Oh, I forgot. We've got Tom here. Tom is one of the, one of the charter members of the I Hate Sentry fan club. And yeah. the $100 is still out there. One of the, you're, you're one of the original ones. Yeah, totally. Whoever, whoever to, to get him in your sights and take him down. <laughs> We're so close now. We're so close to having it happen. <coughs> uh, I, just, I, just, I don't know. I, I lost interest very quickly in this issue. I, 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 I thought, first, I thought it would be more Sentry-focused, which is backwards, but that's what I was expecting. Well, and, well the know, shitty but, thing for me about this is that it's, it's, it's got the Siege cover treatment, and it really has nothing to do with – this is all prequel to Siege. And so like, you, like if you're reading Siege, you don't need to be – unless you – like it, it gives you more information. Like the, Roy was right. It gives you more information as why the Sentry is being the way he is. But like, You didn't need that information. Yeah, this is all – this is like – Two month old stories. That's my only, you know. Yeah, and Siege yeah. is, is half over. It's not even like Siege just started or it's right. like one issue and Siege is half over, which is, yeah. you know, unfortunate. But, uh, so, fuck the, fuck the century. Oh, Dare 77 <laughs> reviewed yeah. Punisher 14. You give the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And the time of the recording, 0.48% of the iFanbase made this a pick of the week. While I was skeptical when Marvel released the thesis for Frankencastle, I have to pronounce that this story is without doubt the absolute bee's knees. If I want Frank the Vigilante, I've got Aaron's Max series, whereas here I can read Frank in the Marvel Universe, just amped to the nth degree. This is Frank Castle striding through the classic 70s monster comics of guys like Gerber and Wolfman. And this is absolutely glorious. It's a story that literally drips with Remender's passion for these characters. Well, and, and that's interesting, that, that part of the review, and I'm sure he, he wrote more about it, but, but the real star of this issue was the combination of Tony Moore's art and Dan Brereton's painted pages. Yeah, that was really awesome. It was really awesome, and, and I could see why. Like, it, so, so basically, the, the story was kind of um, bookmarked around uh, uh, the Punisher and uh, talking to Hen- Henry, his little ward, his little punk hardcore kid ward, who is Henry. who who's did some research to find out what they're up against, and basically tells the story and of, of the flashback of this guy, and it's all painted by Dan Brereton, and it's it's like Dan Brereton's good. Like I forgot how good he was. It's been a while. Yeah, since he's, he's it was good. perfect for yeah. the story too. It totally was. Yeah, and. I would love to see a Marvel digital comic of how long it took Henry 
to start acting normally when Frankenstein Frank Castle came to get him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we kind of danced between those two panels, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a Frankenstein now. Ah, okay, right. I brought my laptop. <laughs> the wi- the monsters have excellent Wi-Fi. I will skip that. <laughs> there might be a few more questions to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Tony Moore's art, you know, we love Tony Moore, and his art was just great. Um, I thought that the origin of, of the Japanese guys, finally finding out who these Japanese guys was really interesting too. I thought that was really good. Um, you know, basically they're you know a, a team of you know a team of Japanese guys who team up to fight the who organize to fight the atomic monsters in Japan, kill them all, and then decide they just need to kill all monsters around the world and kill all the monsters then start killing Morlocks and start killing mutants and then and now they're after the Marvel it's monsters it's that slippery slope of hate yeah it is it totally yeah. is so. I, uh, I don't know why I stopped reading this you gotta pick it you gotta go back and pick it all I remember up, the too. second issue came out and I went why did I not get that Yeah, I enjoyed the first one so I'm probably going to get the trade because yeah, I kick myself every time the issue comes out and I didn't, I didn't get it you should do it I'm stupid I fail fail fail, fail. you're fail. doing it wrong um, Frank and fail <laughs> <laughs> So um, go to ifanboy.com slash comics, uh, do your pull list and all that fun stuff. Um, and after you've read your comics, uh, you should go to Audible and download an audiobook and listen to it because Audible is the place for audiobooks, and we thank them for sponsoring this episode. You can download Audible titles to your iPod or any other device, any other MP3 player type thing, your computer, anything that plays music will play an Audible audiobook. They've got over 60,000 titles across all genres. Um, and if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy and you sign up, you get a free audiobook and a 14-day trial. Um, they've got a ton of great stuff. If you name an author, uh, they likely have something by them. Um, uh, we don't... Uh, have a pick for you this week, but um, I'm going to pull something right now. I'm just going to type in comic books and see what comes up in Audible. <laughs> and here it you comes go. comes back with nothing. And, oh. uh, here you go. Comic books from superheroes to manga. They've got a ton of great stuff. It's all about comic books. The Science of Superheroes is in there. The Ten Cent Plague, the great comic book, Scaring Howard Change yeah. America. That's a good book. We've talked about that before. Um, Laugh Factory, Volume 19. That's more about stand-up comedy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> um, a book by Stewart Comic Books. <laughs> but they've got great stuff. So go to audiblepodcast slash ifanboy and get your free audiobook and the 14-day trial. You don't want to miss out on that. Email time. Shane from Adelaide, Australia writes in and he says, I was just holidaying in Bali. Well, good for you. Isn't that Bali? Your ex- exciting, exciting, exotic life. <laughs> Whoa, somebody's drunk and angry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. I was just holidaying in Bali. Holidaying. <laughs> Third time's a charm. I was just holidaying in Bali recently and was sitting in front of the television when I stumbled across an old Justice League of America movie. It was really painful to watch and so poorly made that I was just left wondering if it was really intended to be the way to be made this way as a joke or it was a serious movie that just turned out really, really, really bad. A quick look at IMDb uncovered that it was meant to be a pilot for a television that show that was never shown in the U.S. Just wondering if any of you have seen it or know anything about it. I know oh. both Ron and I have seen it. This is the legendary I, J- Justice League with David Ogden Steers as Martian oh. Manhunter, right? I, Tom, have you seen this? Yeah, and the most concerning part to me about this is why are we sending this stuff to Bali? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I looked this Is up. there a reason why other countries hate us? <laughs> That's it's a because totally good point. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I looked this up after I got this email, and and it, it first to explain this in 1997, CBS, the television network, um, ordered a pilot for Justice League of America. They were going to think about doing a Justice League of America TV show, and they came up with this 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 thing that they made. <laughs> 
and it was never shown in the U.S. It was actually shown in Europe and in other places. Like they they sold it, uh-huh. people bought it, and they aired it. And um, that is why I remember they hate us. in the in the days in the pre YouTube days. You know, I bought I had to buy a VHS bootleg of this at, at somewhere <laughs> to see it, and I did. And um, it's almost beautiful in its awfulness. It really it's, is. It was it's like, so wrong. Didn't they merge Hal and Guy Gardner? Well, kind it's, of? it's 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 the whole concept is of the the Giffen Dematias Justice League where the uh, they all live together and it's and it's a comedy mostly and and the characters are Green Lantern who is actually he's Guy Gardner but he looks like Hal Jordan is he wears part of the Kyle Rayner costume um, Ice the Atom Fire Flash who's a moron and he's Barry yeah. Allen yeah. and uh, Fat Fat John Jones <laughs> David Ogden <Hawkins> Steers. <laughs> And uh, they're fighting the weatherman, Doctor Eno. It's a yeah. terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's once it's seen, almost, it can <laughs> cannot be unseen. Yeah, you cannot unsee it once it has been seen. I remember <laughs> buying, watching, it, immediately going to Ron's house. Yes, and, I remember that. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to see this. It was so bad. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bali. God. <laughs> like, no, like, well, seriously, like, it's two, Thursday night, must see TV on Bali. It's like on, <laughs> uh, on, on Channel 2. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's almost laughably bad in terms of production values, everything. It's, yeah. it's horrible. That's awesome. Right. Um, but that's, oh. that's what that was. There's that story for you. All right. I don't know. I have that tape somewhere. I don't know where it is. Of course, I don't know on VCR. I was just going to say, you can't do anything. You can look at the tape now. So I'm going to watch it on YouTube after this. <laughs> um, all right. Our next email says uh, from Bobby from Seattle, who's got a relationship question for us. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bobby is cur- – I'm currently friends with a girl I've known for about two years now. And while I've always found her attractive, she wishes to not date guys in high school. So I've respected her boundaries. <laughs> Please, t- please tell me she's older and not younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or no, or she's in high school and she only dates college guys. Yeah, maybe. So um, we've always enjoyed a mild flirtation due to the fact that both of us enjoy video games and obscure science fiction shows like Doctor Who and Firefly. However, recently I've discovered that she has a secret passion for comics that she hasn't let on about. She also has been hinting on furthering our relationship to something else without explicitly saying dating. While it would be nice to start going out with this girl, as it's near impossible to find an attractive girl who likes sci-fi video games and comics, I also Pick don't. One. I also, <laughs> I also don't want to ruin our relationship as it is right now by asking her out and things going wrong. What should I do? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. This uh, is a minefield. <laughs> yeah, there's so many places he can fall. <laughs> So many areas where it could all go wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I, I would say, first of all, that obviously Bobby's in high school. Yes, yes. Um, once you get out of high school, you'll find that it's not so unusual to find an attractive girl who likes sci-fi video games and comics. Yes, that, that's, for, that's for sure. Yeah. Find out, world what, open up. find out what comics she likes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if she they're likes bad San- comics. If it's like Sandman, run. Run the opposite <laughs> way. As fast as you can. And, and like, if you find out that she's, uh, you know, the only thing she likes is like gold key comics from the sixties, you know, then you could probably, probably be, be all right. But there's if a she's future like, there. Friend, there's a future there. She's in the future yeah. with that. Yeah. And I, I would like to urge you, young man, Bobby from Seattle, don't limit yourself to only girls who like sci-fi video games or comics. Yep. Because it's actually nice to be in a relationship where you have your own things and Sometimes when people like the same stuff too much, yep, it's weird. Oh yeah, and 
and it um, it doesn't necessarily work out. I, I testify. I can agree to that. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, there, it brings it, it brings a whole new set of challenges that you don't you don't imagine would occur. I think I think it's a good way of putting it. Um, Whose Firefly box set is this? Yeah. When, you split? <laughs> when you break up, or yeah. it's a big disaster. Um, but I, I think, I, but I, but even so, aside from the likes or the dislikes, he's in the he's in the classic high school situation, which is the I'm friends with a girl, I want yeah. to get in her pants, but I don't want to screw up the relationship. And here's the thing. In order to like, what, what is the phrase? In order to bake a cake, you got to break a couple eggs. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, like you know, omelet. But yes, yeah, it still yeah, works. Okay, well, <laughs> the metaphor still is valid. Okay, there okay. You go. yeah, I was yeah. there. Um, but I, seriously, man, I, I mean, I'm in my 30s, and I didn't figure. Honestly, I didn't figure this out until my late 20s. It, but it was just like, you know, if you want something, you know, like you'll never know or you'll never get it unless you try. And could you fuck up the relationship? Could you end your friendship? You might, but that's the risk, and you don't get anything. You don't get anything by not taking a risk. Um, but then, the, but then the decision—the the decision is, how much do you like her? Right. And how much do you value her as a friend? If it's—if you like her only a little, but you're really valuable as a friend, maybe you don't want to ruin that. Right. Um, but, but if you, you really do have strong feelings for her, then yeah. then then, then, then yeah, obviously because the, th- the thing the thing is is that whoever you're going to date you want I mean I, I I mean I enjoy my best friend being the person I'm dating and one of my best friends you know like so you want to have a great friendship and a good relationship um, just take it to the next level don't be afraid I say go for it rent a movie called say anything <laughs> <laughs> watch it together watch it watch it together yeah, yeah. then it'll all become it'll all become clear to you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bobby, for sending in a, a relationship question. If you have a comics-themed relationship question, email us at contact.ifanboy or any other questions. Uh, we will answer anything. So, I like to look for girls who like booze, risky sex. And- <laughs> risky sex. <laughs> Dangerous stuff. And baseball. Right. And baseball. I like someone who respects secrets and keeps secrets. <laughs> someone knows how to keep their mouth shut. All right. I like, the girl, I like the girl who can change her own oil. <laughs> you can give them 37% off on trade paperbacks at in-stock trades. they got free shipping on orders over $50. And they've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order right now. they got new releases every Wednesday and orders should ship within 48 hours from www.instocktrades.com. And this May 22nd in Fort Wayne, Indiana is going to be the Summit City Comic Con. That's in conjunction with in-stock trades. And you can find information on that at www.summitcitycomiccon.com. You're going to that one, Tom, right? Uh, I, uh, spiritually, I'll be connected <laughs> via satellite. <laughs> just the whole time you're in the background on a big TV. You should just Nor- Norton bring his laptop and just Skype just you like, in. What's who? There's like some sort of shadowy bearded man in, in that dark monitor. Turn it away. Turn look it away. away. Look away. He's hunched over. Look away. All right. Um, on to the voicemail. Our first voicemails uh, got a question about Marvel and all these pesky events. Hey, this is Mike from Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I wanted to ask the fanboys, um, what do you guys think of the, uh, what's the word for it, oversaturation of events that Marvel's been putting out? I feel like it's just been one after the other after the other. So uh, I just wanted to hear what you have to say about that. Bye. Wow, what coincidental timing, uh, Mike from Phoenix, Arizona. I wrote an article this week on iFanboy about event comics and, and, and the whole idea of is there fatigue out there because a lot of talk on the web this week was over the sales and how, how far down they are. Yep. Um, so I looked at the numbers and crunched the numbers and 
you know, the, the sales, the numbers are down, but there's lots of factors and reasons why. But I think event fatigue is probably one of them. Marvel seems to acknowledge it by saying that after Siege, they're going to be taking a break from events. Um, how long that lasts, who knows, because of events, no matter how you hate them, sell a lot. They're, yeah, they're still going to have events, but they'll be contained within a line of books. So it'll be like an Avengers event, an X-Men event. Right, there won't be a yeah. company-wide event. That's yeah. what they're saying. There won't be any more Dark Reigns, which is not an event, but there won't be any more company-wide, every book is, is, is influenced somehow, or every every family is influenced somehow. They're going to take a break and just focus on small which events. Which is funny, because last week we, we posted the art for the Heroic Age, which launches in May at Marvel Comics. So... Um, well, that's not an event. That's, that's just the status quo. quo. The goal should but, be to uh, make every issue an event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which and the irony is that Siege is really good and Blackest Night's really good. Yep. You know, so the event, I think an event fatigue is only comparable to how bad your event is. Right. Yeah, I, I think sometimes comic book fans get a little like they develop like this weird victim syndrome, like they're being victimized by events. You can just not buy them. Yep. I'm. I don't buy some of them. It's fine. Yeah, you don't have to buy but everything. but the, yeah. the the numbers are down. But that's that yeah. I think I think the uh, I think there is I think especially at Marvel with Dark Reign. I think Dark Reign went too long. I think it affected yeah. the, the momentum of the big books at Marvel, and that's showing in the fact that Siege sold less than half what Secret Invasion did, and less than half what Civil War did. And yeah. the numbers are down on Blackest Night, although not as much, but they are down. So I think it's just I think we're in that. As I said in the article, there's a there's a cycle. You know, we ramp up on events. We get a lot of events, and then they 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 get people get sick of them. They get they there's less events, and then, I, then I, after a while, we go back up again. I do think the 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 real only black mark to Blackest Night was December and January with that deluge of books. Yeah, it was just it was a deluge, you know, and it was a bit much. Yeah. So, but anyway, all right. Um, on our next voicemail, has got a question about Golden Age. That wasn't a sentence. Hey guys, this is Jeff R from Dayton, Ohio. I had a quick question for you. I know that you all uh, love modern comics, obviously, and you all have your fa- uh, favorites from the past, too, like you know, Ron loves the Chris Claremont X-Men years. But I was curious if you guys had a fondness for any Golden Age stories. I know that I personally like the um, Detective Comics run from the 30s and 40s and all the Jack Cole Plastic Man stuff. But is there anything that you guys have a fondness for that's really, really old, like from the beginning? Or is it mostly just from the Silver Age on that some of you guys like more than others? Uh, thanks for the podcast. Thanks for the site. Uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Bye. I, I love the Golden Age. I love reading those old books. Um, I don't have many it's, to read them though. I haven't read like I, I don't know like an arc that is my favorite though. I, I think uh, I'm, I I love old Golden Age comics yeah. as well. And the DC Chronicles, you know, with the Superman and the Batman is really I've good. Got the, I've got the first, the first seven or eight of those Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. And those are a really good place to look for them. And, it, and it's, I always love about the Golden Age stuff is sometimes I think people, people think that like comics today are sort of like the predestined way comics were supposed to be and that everyone was trying to make comics like this previously but failed. Yeah. When really those guys writing and doing that stuff back then were science fiction writers, they were just as smart as writers today. They're just writing in a different audience in a different, different atmosphere. Right. When you look at it that way, it's really interesting to appreciate them completely differently. There's so, you know, like old Flash comics, it's like the Flash hitting guys in the face with pies. You know, people weren't like, oh, these villains are not 
dark enough right, yeah. you know for me it's, it's just a totally different atmosphere and, and there was and there was a there was a level of like, like with the pies a level of wackiness i know like when i talked to eric larson a couple of a couple of months ago about the the next issue project that he that he's been doing um that you know he he was saying how the golden age was just hysterical how like the stuff that was in there was just like not compared to how it is now it was just like this crazy madcap kind of stuff that happened um but also and, very dark in times yeah, i mean yeah. i have the, the i mean the silver age i i think you can love every age for differently i like the silver age is over the top wacky science fictiony um goofy fun yeah the, the golden age be, could yeah. be really dark i mean you had a you had a batman that carried a gun regularly mowed, mowed people down with yeah. bullets <laughs> yeah i mean he he was you know he was a killer you had a Superman, who was almost a socialist. I mean, it, it was it was a different era. The comics are completely different. The characters are completely different. And you can, I love each era differently. Yeah. You can, I think each each era brings something different to the table that you can that I love for different reasons. There's almost there was almost a wider variance of like what was around at the time. When you think about crime comics and the EC comics and all that stuff that's yep. going on. In a lot of ways, the because they sold so much bigger. There's just a huge amount of stuff to choose from. So the, it's a real, if you go back and look for that stuff and find reprints, you can find very sophisticated modern things yeah. that were just My made favorite a long time ago. My favorite portion of the Batman Golden Age books is when he would turn to the camera and lecture us about crime not paying. <laughs> which he would do with quite a bit of regularity. <laughs> <laughs> See, kids. Well, it's, it's better than it's better than the uh, what was the, the in the silver and the bronze age where he lectures about the rules of the Justice League, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always with the lecture. Oh. Wait, wait for the wait for the Tom versus the Flash when Iris dies and uh, Batman's like, let's kick Flash out of out of the league. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a dick about it. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Um, our, our last voicemail has got a question about back issues. Hi, fanboys. This is P.S. Earl, also known as Poser Do. Um, I had a question for you. Um, I know you guys tend to get some stuff in trades, and Connor has a whole bunch of omnibuses and whatnot, which I imagine you guys get at InStockTrades.com, where waiting for the trade has never been easier. Uh, but my question has to deal with back issues. Uh, is there anything that actually sends you guys to the bin for back issues, like a specific writer, artist, or title? Or is it something that might not be available in a sort of reprinted format? Uh, so just let me know. Would um, What do you guys buy in back issues, if you buy back issues at all, and why? Well, I, I obviously buy a lot of trades. People know that I listen to the show. Know I read a lot of trades, like to read in trades. But I, I will occasionally stumble backwards into back issues, but I know that – Tom and Ron proactively look for back issues. Yes, I'm a back, I'm a back back issue diver. Do you? It's for me. I just like I'll just flip through it. Yeah, like I, I'm not even looking for anything. I'll just because you'll just find weird stuff. Yep. That you want to get, you know, any you'll find a cover of a comic book where there's like dinosaurs with guns shooting the challengers of the unknown. I don't know who drew it. I don't know who wrote it. Doesn't matter. It's a dollar. I'm gonna buy it. Exactly. Well, there's a, there's a different there's a difference in the back issues. I mean, like there's uh, like I rarely go through like the organized back issues. You know, although I am working on runs. Like I'm working on a New Mutants run. I'm working on a on Kenny X Men run. I'm working on a Defenders run. I'm working like I want I, as the collector part of me. I want to collect titles that I really liked. But I'll go through the the quarter or the fifty cent or the dollar bin. I'll go. That's where I found like the the only Brian Michael Bendis Batman story ever written and published. 
um, yeah. that you know, the, right. it, it, what was that, that that Batman anthology that came out in like '99 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Remember, I found that. Um, yep. I found the V the comic series that Marvel put out in the '80s. Right. It was awesome. Like I, you find I weird, sh- yeah, you find. <laughs> And then you find weird shit, you know, like that, that you just like what I, it's like the kind of comics that you heard about that haven't been collected in trade or haven't been collected in, in, you know, in collected editions that you just want to like, oh, I want to check that out. I heard, I heard, I've heard good things about it. Things that have been lost to the ages almost, you know? Are you still trying to get your all-star squadron run? I haven't been as well, because, because that I started doing that right when I moved and things have been weird. I, my, my back issues, I need to do a major, like I need to reorganize. And so. Francis goes on to all-star squadron town. No, it's not. It's really nice. Is it a JSA town? You go all star squadron, you get that crap out of here. More of a JSA town, yeah. So uh, I, 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 I will find stuff, and I, I'm all for packages that are actually interesting and rare. Yeah, you know, like stuff from stuff that you can find very easily in trade. I'm not interested, but stuff from from you know the, I got that I did that mini two years ago about the Captain America issues that I got at auction, and yep. I. Got some old Justice League issues and old Invaders, Roy Thomas Invader stuff. Stuff that's not going to be collected in trade for any anytime soon. That yeah. if, if there's suddenly a Roy Thomas Invaders omnibus, then I'll get that and don't worry about the packages. But yeah, until then, keep, keep waiting for that one. Right until then, until that happens, I have the old issues, and yeah. so that's something I like the stuff that's actually interesting and not, yeah. you know, I don't need to fill out a run, but I I do like to stumble upon things. I wasn't. Do you not want like? Do you not? Would you not want like a detective run or or like a Justice League run or any, like you don't you don't you don't want to collect a run of comics like I'm doing or no I mean if I was super rich and nothing to do why aren't you yeah. like me <laughs> be exactly like me I'm 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 not really like that either I mean there's uh, if I see something like I'll pick up a Legion book if it's like a dollar or something but I don't hunt down expensive stuff like I'd set my own limit for what I'd pay for something yeah uh, because I I like did to, you set or your wife set it. I, hey, I said, <laughs> don't, don't tell her. Don't tell her I'm looking for stuff. <laughs> do, you have to, do you have to set up a separate PayPal account that she doesn't know about so you can route <laughs> your your eBay buying? <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Hercules Q Platinum buys a lot of books. Let's just say it's not coming from Tom Kidder's yeah. uh, bank account. I like the idea that I could just leave everything now. Like if I needed to pare down my stuff. Like every couple of years, I get rid. I just get rid of a bunch of stuff that yeah. I probably bought for like fifty cents. But I've read it, and I can't say that you know I'm gonna ever read it again. And I'm like, oh, it was nice to have that for a while. I'll donate it to some place. Yeah, yeah you dumped, so the, you dumped a bunch of books on Chris before you moved, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I gave it to him. I'm sure his wife loved it. <laughs> he came home with a plastic bag filled with water, like water distorted Justice uh, um, um, Legion of Superhero issues. Oh God, seventies. The way they were meant to be read. <laughs> exactly. Were the the Levitz books or uh, Levitz Conway every, yeah. everything? Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, it was good. You're good, good, you're good man. All right. Well, uh, if you have a question, you can call us on the voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And whoa, this one's running long, but that's cool because Tom is fun to talk to. Plus, we had lots of stuff to talk about. We did. We did. We did. Let's so. Talk about Josh's baby some more. Yay! Little graphically, still not born. <laughs> <laughs> graphically, L. <Elle> Flanagan. <laughs> there are a few battle pug shirts left. Um, we only have a handful. Yeah. I don't know exactly how many, but there's only a handful left. So if you're looking to get a battle pug shirt. 
you might want to get that soon. Check the sizes on the website before you order because a lot of them are sold out. Yes. Uh, but, uh, and yeah. while yeah. you're on, while you're at the store at ifanboy.com/store, you can if you haven't gotten the new Fury Agent shirt yet, you got to pre-order it now. It's the only Fury Agent shirt that has ever existed. Um, so if you love Fury Agent as much as we do, wear your T-shirt with pride. Order it now. Um, we're going to be going to print on it very soon, and orders will be shipping uh, soon. So uh, get your pre-order in. Make sure you don't miss out. Bobby um, from Seattle, Fury Agent shirt. For the girl, yeah, girl size, cut, girl yeah. cut size, yeah, or battle pug, battle pug shirts on girls look. Yeah. It's a ringer T-shirt, looks good. Put a little note on it that says, "I want to battle your pug." Hmm? <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Um, so we also in addition to this podcast we do some other wonderful podcasts including the iFanboy Don't Miss um, this past week uh, what the fuck came out Um, it was it was oh was it Chris Chris talked to Phil Hester that's what it was right was it I don't know wow this one just went off the rails Um, (laughs) well (laughs) Tom's old friend Chris Neesman talked to somebody yes and then this coming Monday I'm talking to the uh, the writers of uh, uh, Broken Trinity Pandora's Box number one from Top Cow a pretty cool uh, action book that you might want to check out when you head to the store so go to iTunes search for iFanboy don't miss and subscribe to that show no he talked to Sterling Gates and Jamal Igle that's what it was it was Supergirl 50 (laughs) because I was traveling and I didn't listen to it yet that's why okay yeah got it Yes. which had art by Cliff Chang in it. Yes, I know, which I almost picked up because of the Cliff Chang art, but I didn't buy it. But um, And Helen Slater wrote that story. I know. The real story. <laughs> Um, but Jam- Jamal Eigel and Sterling Gates are awesome. So you yeah, that was that. yeah. That so that was that. Chris Neesman, your yes. old pal. Yeah, exactly. He's still my friend. <laughs> I heard you guys weren't talking anymore. Um, I there's some legal matters about exactly who owns the around and around comics, but we are working through that. <laughs> It's business, not personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a business thing. It's fine. As we said, you can get the t-shirts at ifanboy.com slash store there. You can also find information about our memberships. And we have a lot of giveaways. This month, we've got another giveaway happening now. And if you want to be eligible for the giveaway, you have to be an iFanboy member. And you do that by joining up and paying $4 a month or $42 a year. And that gets you a prize pack of a comic, a sticker, some buttons, and our internal love. And if you join up for the higher price of $10 a year or $100 a month, Oh, that's backwards. $10 a month or $100 a year, you get all the prize pack plus a T-shirt that I pre-wear just for you. <laughs> you keep Sweat. saying it. People are going to start believing it. <laughs> they should believe it. Do you run around in it? Like, do, I do you get a full fit. day? I, uh, I do exercise. I do uh, squats. <laughs> uh, all kinds of things. Anyway. So you can become a member and you can be eligible for a giveaway prize. We've given away lots of books. Last week we gave away a bunch of Top Cow books. This week we have a Vertigo prize pack that includes mini Vertigo books that I am now clicking Hard on the covers. link to so see. The Swamp Thing is in there. Swamp um, Thing. The Saga book. of the Swamp Thing, Volume 2 from Alan Moore. Shade the Changing Man's Volume 1 and 2. Air, Volume 2. And a Sandman original graphic novel from, from Neil Gaiman. And the winner of that giveaway is William Pillsbury. Congratulations, William. Yes. William Pillsbury out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And February is not over. We've got one last giveaway. So if you're not a member yet, sign up by this Thursday to become a member. And we're giving away – this is the one that that we've been fighting over. Uh, We're going to be giving away a signed copy of Choker Number 1 from Ben Templesmith and Ben McCool, uh, as well as a page of original art from Ben Templesmith from the Choker preview that appeared in Liberty Comics Number 2 from Image Comics this past summer. It's the second – page of, of choker that ben ever worked on but Ben T- temple smith ever worked on 
Um, it's pretty cool. It's really, it's really effing cool. Um, and don't forget to pick up Choker Number One. It, it, there were some shipping mishaps this this month, but it does come out in stores this Wednesday. So check it out. If you like the book, you could own a piece of art from it. And also, if you're going to be in New York City this week yep. at Bergen Street Comics on Friday, there's going to be a Choker release party with Ben Temple Smith and Ben McCool. They'll both be there. It's uh, Bergen Street Comics in Brooklyn. You can look it up on the internet. They've got a website. I think it's bergenstreetcomics.com. We'll link to, we'll uh, link to it from the show notes. Yeah. I'll be there at the party Friday. You can come hang out with me. We usually get really drunk. Yeah. Um, and Ben Tempest will be there, and he'll be signing books. And so will Ben McCool, the writer of Choker. So go yeah. check that out. And I'd like to actually, Ron, you don't know about this, but I'd like to congratulate the winner of the Choker giveaway. <gasps> Who's You've picked him already. It's Sean Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, Fitzy. Uh, He's the winner of the Joker page. Of, of, of Brooklyn, New York? Yeah, Sean Fitzpatrick of Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> oh, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little preemptive strike there. Yeah, you're, you're, we're going sh- to save on shipping costs that one, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, I'll I'm just walk it over to wherever he lives. It's no big deal. <laughs> so congratulations, Sean. Now, in all, See Sean Fitzpatrick. In all seriousness, it's going to be – we're going to announce the winner on next week's show um, yes. as well as talk about Joker number one, uh, the, the, the book that will save the comic industry as, as Josh calls it. Um, did, he, did he really say that? Well, it's, it's gotten a lot of press. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. So. so, yeah, come to the party. If you're around Brooklyn, I'll be there. Yeah, cool. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> keep, nod, keep just nod. Times, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so make sure you head over to iFanboy.com. Check out Josh's complete Pick of the Week review. It may be the last thing he does for iFanboy for a while. Um, <laughs> so, um, and yeah, uh, uh, Check out all the great writing. Um, it was a great week in comics with all the DC entertainment announcements with Jeff Johns and Jim Lee and Dan DiDio getting new jobs and things like that. It was a lot of great discussion over there. Um, and if you like us, go to ifanboy.com forward slash about, and you can find out more about us as well as all our social network links. Be our friend. We'd like to be friends with you. And if you're on Twitter, go to twitter.com slash ifanboy. Make sure you follow us uh, for all the news, links, and random stuff that we put up on there. So, um, we also do a video show that comes out every Wednesday. Uh, this past week, we did a little spotlight on Terry Moore, uh, which actually he just tweeted about, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Which, not to be confused with the other fifteen times Terry Moore has been on the show. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, well, the other time we did a spotlight on on him when, ix, he, when the book ended. Ixnay. But we talked about <laughs> we talked about Echo for the first time for an extended period of time. Yes. So, well, um, also shares in paradise. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so check out that Terry Moore episode last week, and this coming week we got another anthology episode with some cool stuff uh, from me. Josh and Connor, uh, possibly Josh's last video thing he does for a while. No, that's a yeah. lie. Uh, we'll still be doing the video all through the the child stuff, so don't worry about that. The video's not going <laughs> anywhere. So the baby will just be there. Yeah, exactly. We're actually adding the baby to the video show now. So Josh is going to have one of those segment. <laughs> just five minutes of the baby laying there. Yeah, exactly. We're just gonna we're gonna put little comic character <laughs> stuffed animals around it. What's the uh, baby Einstein equivalent for comic books? You guys oh, should start that. That's a good point. Yeah. Shit. That's a good idea. Shit, write that one down. <laughs> you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. With any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, I like the romance questions. Yes. Bring them on. Yes. They're fun. Absolutely. And if you like – And what- also follow up. Tell us – if we answer your romance question, please tell us what happened. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, what's his name from Seattle? If you go after her, if you – Bobby, if you, if you do watch Say Anything with her and you get the message and you know what you, you – know, and you, you make the move, let us know how it goes. Send a picture. Oh, I got to really think about what happens and Say Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to feel – and I'm going to look back and be like, oh, no. No, that wasn't threaded. No, no, no. That was the, that's the right that, – that's, that's the, the boombox right over the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, totally. That's what you, you – No, seriously. Do. And Say Anything is good, but in all seriousness – if when you're in high school and if you're doing the the, the rent a movie date, anything by John Cusack, 
Like Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, Gross Point Blank, Say Anything. You cannot go wrong with those movies. Trust Con me. Air? Even Con Air, because you can laugh at it. Con Air is a great movie. But, um, I, think, I think you should write comic book villains. Yeah, don't. And if, if you feel the same level of self-loathing as she does, then you know you're on the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, mutual loathing, mutual <laughs> self-loathing is a good, solid base. That's what you build a relationship on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, If you like what we're doing and you like our, uh, our podcast and our website, stuff like that, go to iTunes, write a review, let people know about it, or let, uh, tell your friends about it, tell your comic book store, tell people, help spread the word. When you're in iTunes writing reviews, maybe you should write a review for Tom vs. The Flash. Yeah, why, yeah. why not? Why not? Tom, why don't you tell us about, about that? Uh, <laughs> I read old Flash issues, and then I talk about them, and then you listen to it. And it works because these issues aren't reprinted. That's the beauty of it. I could be, you know what? I've made up the last 20. (laughs) We have no idea, right? (laughs) Nobody knows. Some people people be like, I don't quite remember that. (laughs) Carrie Bates remembers. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He knows. I I hope somewhere Carrie Bates knows that I've been talking about all this. (laughs) We should track him down. We really should do that. Be like, why are you Tom, Tom Cater's interviews Carrie Bates. That would be awesome. That would be awkward. That's what it would be. So, anyway, killing Iris. What, ha- <laughs> what happened? To- What's the girl's name? Golden St- Glider. No, Stacy. Stacy. Stacy Conwell. Stacy Conwell. Where is she? She just left. She went on she's vacation. With- she came back she went- once. She went upstairs and never came back down. She's with Richie's brother. <laughs> There's no one curious about this co-ed that lived with the Allens and disappeared. Was I feel like there's more story that could be mined out of a co-ed living with Barry Allen. And Somehow we need to we need to talk to Jeff Johns and get him to work Stacey Conwell back into the story. Like that would be the best. Oh, at the first convention we see him at, we're gonna bring this up. Oh, that's a good. She's just gonna point wander point, yeah. through. She's gonna get a, a job at the Flash Museum. <laughs> so you can find Tom vs. the Flash in iTunes, right? Um, Yep, you can find it everywhere. Yes, and p- if people want to follow you on Twitter, what was your Twitter name? Uh, Tom Caters. C O M A D E R S. Easy enough. German for cat. <laughs> is it really German for cat? Caters is. So if you Google Caters, uh, if you don't filter for English, a lot of German uh, cat websites. <laughs> like a, a lot of uh, LOL Caters? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, excellent. Oh boy! All right. Well, we hope you enjoy, we hope you enjoy the new iFanboy era without Josh. Um, first show in the can. Good job. Like Tom. it was a smooth transition. It was out a of smooth the Josh transition. Era. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was as if Josh was never here. Now, <laughs> in all serious seriousness, uh, we we congratulate Josh and, and his wife Lindsay on their new arrival. And if you want to uh, tweet out to him at at J A Flanagan, congratulate him. We strongly encourage you to do so on Monday, so or Sunday yes. or whenever you hear this. Whenever you whenever listen, this. yeah. Congrats, 2015, Josh. if you found these shows somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> if you're uh, digging through the rubble of America and you find <laughs> this uh, lonely iPod only loaded with uh, iFanboy episodes. <laughs> Lone st- sticker wrapped around it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No so- wonder the world ended. This is all they had to listen to. <laughs> what is this inane chatter? <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, all right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Tom. 